Welcome back to the Seniac Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for all things MTV's The Challenge. We do live weekly recaps. We attempt cast interviews. Uh, and we have lots of cool content on our website, seniacpodcast.com. Written content, written recaps and articles and all that good stuff. And we have a few new writers that we're testing out as well this week. So I'm excited for the new content that is to come. You can follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Seniac Podcast. We do also occasionally post on Reddit. I am Shawnee Suisa. I'm a podcast producer from Los Angeles, and this is my awesome co-host, Zach Calhoun. My people, my people, hello. You can follow... Zach, what's your Instagram? I feel like we should plug At ZCal77, people. Let's get those followers up. There's lots of tea and baby stuff being shared on there. Yeah, there... <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of baby stuff and it's very <laughs> cute baby stuff so follow zach and you can follow me at shawnee suisa i don't really post much but on the rare occasion you might get a really good like 10 series story on my instagram maybe like once a month i like that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like telling us telling a having a theme really telling a story on the instagram story yeah it's fun isn't it um, all right, guys, we have so much to discuss for tonight's episode, but as usual, before we get into all that, we want to talk about our sponsor, Stitcher Premium. They are fantastic. You can sign up for Stitcher Premium at stitcher.com forward slash premium, and you can use the promo code SANIAC if you can't spell or read or look at your screen. It's S-A-N-I-A-C, and you get a whole month free with that. So use our promo code, sign up, use Stitcher Premium, and you can uh, listen to all your all your favorite podcasts without ads and also cross-platform. So that's my favorite part of Stitcher Premium is the desktop to the phone to the tablet, uh, and I highly recommend it. All right, Zach. Tonight was, like, crazy, and I kind of had a suspicion about it because of all the comments on Facebook. People have been dropping really annoying spoilers, by the way. You guys should, mm -hmm. like, stop doing that. If you're a frequent human who goes into the comment section and drops like shady hints as to what's about to go down in the episode don't do that it's annoying it kills it for me because then i go in there with a preconceived idea of what's about to happen and i hate that i like going in fresh um so but i did get i did get some hints there was a lot of comments about how Kara was going to be tonight and that it was going to get worse so i assumed you know the engagement party that zach mentioned last week was going to go down uh but this was a uh, pretty crazy uh for starters i mean we had the dynamic between Cam and Leroy that was intense. We had the dynamic between Kara and the engagement party and the rest of the house, which was intense. And there was a lot of that tension throughout this episode. And there were these big fights that were coming about, you know, and then we had Dean Rogan as well. So it was sort of nonstop fights between different individuals throughout the episode. It was very jam-packed. And we also got a really crazy elimination. And we got some, for the first time this season uh spacing with the editing that was more focused on the drama it has always been a higher emphasis on the eliminations on you know pure strategy um on the daily challenges and now we had i mean there was like a 45 minute stretch that was just drama so you could tell that production wanted to emphasize all the crazy shit that was going down in the house yeah they had um that had to be a point with the with the d meltdown and Nani and Cam, I think they knew this was going to be drama-centric. Um, 
really a lot to discuss. Obviously, the first thing we're going to get to is is this this engagement party. Mm. But obviously, what led up to the engagement party was the big engagement, um, the proposal at the end of last week's episode, and holy shit, um, Kara <laughs> stands. You guys did not. I want to say you guys did not disappoint, but it really depends on the way that you view that question. Either you disappointed greatly as human beings, um, or you just didn't disappoint because I just view you as the lowest common denominator now. Um, you guys are so you bad. You were ruthless this whole week. Oh my god. I it's could not despicable. get through a car thread on Facebook that Zach wasn't involved in. I, I love it, when it people was... know you now as like the person who hates Kara. Because it's so funny. Yeah. There's the regulars. They see you all the time and they're like, oh, well, yeah. you just hate Kara. Like, you're always yeah, in here just hating Kara. I don't know how Cara. I feel about that. I'd like to be known as, like, that really rational guy that's watched the channel Never since 1998. Happen. But currently, uh, yeah. Apparently, I'm not going to get that. Um, but good God. So here's what happened, guys. Here's the real tea. I've said before on this show that I know for a fact that Kara Maria Defender like gets all the stands together and and they have they have like some kind of group thread where they all discuss like the way that they're going to spin things mm. um there was actually a tweet so immediately for the the days following that episode i was on twitter just monitoring it closely because i wanted to see all the crazy people and everything they had to say about how they were going to try and spin that incident in Kara's favor which there's no, as we discussed, there's no spin. This is not a matter of right or wrong. This is not a matter of justification. It's a matter of being a, um, just like mature adult, like an actual human being and shutting your mouth for five minutes. That's all. There, there's no debate to it. So I went on Twitter and I found everyone who was used. And when you really look into this matter and good God, I must be insane to put myself through this, but you realize that everybody's saying <laughs> the same time. stuff. Everybody's <laughs> saying the same things over and over because they all have one or two sticking points and they present them as such. Um, so Cara Maria Defender, before last week's episode, tweeted out something along the lines of, y'all, they're going to try and paint Jordan as the hero tonight. We need to, um, we need to tear him down as Wait, much as no possible. Wait, no way. Yes, and if you look through my, it's probably been deleted. I think I screenshotted it. I think I, I, I replied to it, but it was like, we need to make him look as bad as possible. We need to say all these things and we need to hype up Kara for not, you know, for, for standing up and not being fake. Essentially like putting out the call, guys, this is what we're going to do. Now go do it. And for the rest of the week, Twitter and Facebook were flooded by horrible posts. Just the worst spin bullshit. Do you, but do you not feel like the posts were so much more overwhelmingly on the side of Tori and Jordan than on Kara? Like there were very few pro Kara posts compared to Jordan so, posts. Not as much the posts themselves, but then then the, the comment section is really mm. where it all boiled down. And there's a lot of people putting out this stupid notion that, oh my God. Uh, so the, the first thing, the, the first main point that the stands latched onto, and Malik, Malik, I got to call you out for this, man. Like, <laughs> come on. You're hosting a supposedly unbiased challenge podcast, and you're literally like a part of the propaganda machine. They start doing this bullshit about vendettas, and they're like, well, Cara, uh, Jordan didn't let Kara bask in her moment on vendettas, so why would she let Jordan bask in his Can moment? Can you refresh my memory on that? Was later? that just, are they just Him talking about Cara, the conversation like, like, outside about going to a final? Or are it, they talking about something it, else? It was, it was during the reunion where Jordan like called Kara out. And guys, I'm sorry. Like she played one of, like one of the worst games, of, like one of the most boring oh. 
easy games a winner has ever played. So he I, he said something to her during the reunion, but honestly, one, that's two years ago. Two, that's completely out of context to this moment about his real life. And three, mm. what does that have to do with Kara not saying anything? Who lives their life like that? Who's like, this person disrespected me two years ago, so I'm going to disrespect them when they get engaged to this person. Yeah, that's I don't like think... child I, I mean, shit. The thing is, as well, like it's game versus real life right that's the that's the big difference that we always have to make because it seems to be lost on a lot of people who are arguing for Kara's side like it's game versus real life and we saw that a lot today in this episode as well that she couldn't separate game versus real life she made so many comments that really show that but in the same you know in the same token just because somebody does something wrong which I think Jordan like I think he was aggressive in that moment when I'm thinking back on it I have to rewatch it I Vendetta's wasn't the greatest season. Uh, so I don't, you know, I don't really remember every single thing about it. And that reunion was a bit boring if I remember properly. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say that just because he was wrong means that she can be right now no, doing, you know what I mean? If you think that all. if all of her fans thought that what Jordan did was wrong, then by definition, what Cara did was wrong as well. Do you know what I mean? Just because somebody the, does it to you doesn't mean you can do it back to them. This if is anything, what our fans are doing. Stupid. They think that by calling out something that someone has done or said in the past, it justifies Cara's actions and makes her not wrong. It's craziness. Mm. And also, you're talking about a reunion that they filmed for eight hours, like eight to ten hours straight. It's not like they said, Kara, here's your check. And Jordan went, fuck you, Kara. He yeah. didn't do that. Mm. He, he, he. Also, it's stupid. Like, it's, it's a non-point. It's something that I told you guys last week. This is all Kara stands and other stands in general do. But especially Kara stands. They say, well, this person did this. So why do you get mad at Kara for doing this? They find a way to twist that for every single point. This is the other thing. People call, and I, I know you will hate this because nobody hates this more than you. People called Jordan a racist all week. Everybody oh, dug I know. up this stupid thing from real world Portland Apparently where Naya called Appar- Jordan a monkey. So Jordan made monkey noises in response. And Cara Maria Defender is out there and everyone's posting it mm-hmm. saying like, oh, well, Jordan's a racist and MTV's covering up Jordan being a racist. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, speaking facts, speaking facts. Yeah. No! I know no, this no, has actually no. been driving me crazy this whole week that I've been seeing that because if you read um, Jordan has put out a bunch of stuff out there as well and Naya also on a YouTube video you can hear her explaining what happened and the story is just not the fake news that's been circulating around about Jordan and so for people to constantly bring it up it's like they're just repeating the talking points they're just seeing it they're running with it and nobody's taking the time to look into what actually happened you know were Jordan and Naya fabulous human beings on real world no I think they both really fucked up okay yep absolutely but if anything it shows how beautiful they both are as humans because they both fucked up so severely and yet in that moment when they were young and stupid they've grown out of that and they've become adults now they're really close friends naya has congratulating him for the engagement she's super happy they're actually close and so they respect each other now they've both grown out of that sort of stupidity you know they both made mistakes in that moment and they are adults now and so for naya to be able to uh, you know, openly talk about what happened and to say that everybody's story is wrong and to clarify what happened and for people to just ignore it and then go with the narrative that they want that suits their their position best is just stupid. You know, it's it's completely ignoring the facts. You're putting your blinders on. And, I, you know, I just don't like that. As Gigi says in the comments, Gigi, what's up? Shout out. Why 
in a moment where Kara. Wait, hold does... on one second. Mm-hmm. Jessica, he didn't do racist things. That's what we're saying. Go listen to the YouTube video that Naya explains the situation that happened and you'll understand the story more. And it wasn't, there was no racial intent behind well, no, it. No, no. Here's my thing about that. And I've said this about Camilla. I've said this about everyone. Well, the Camilla's people crazy. in this community are so um, ignorant when it comes to labeling someone a racist. Even if Jordan said the N word to Naya or anything like that, that does not, that means that he did something really stupid and he did something racially motivated and prejudiced, but that does not define him, Jordan, in his entire life as a racist. That doesn't mean that Jordan wakes up. I see what you mean. He's not going to wake up today and be like, yeah. What Camilla did was fucking racist, right? A hundred percent. But I think she was actually just mentally unstable and it came out in that way. Like, I think she has mental health issues. You I mean, that's my own judgment. And but... say racist mm-hmm. things and be a fucking asshole and be really ignorant. But that doesn't define you as a racist. That doesn't mean that Jordan is waking up this morning thinking, you know, I really think that I'm better than black people. He's yeah. not doing that. And for so, pe- people aren't allowed to make mistakes and say things without... Kara stands in particular trying to say that they are racist. I mean, well, but the difference is people on. actually are allowed to do those things and make mistakes and grow. And the the truth is, no matter how many stands or fans or whatever say this shit about Jordan, he is so happy in his life right now. He has great friends. Him and Naya have moved on from the fight. They're both so happy in their life right now. So it it it's just irrelevant to them. And people harping on these bad behaviors that somebody had or these mistakes that people had, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, as Gigi said in the comments... This is the thing that drives me crazy about the car stance. Why, when Kara screws up and and clearly does something that is just without tact and deserves to be criticized, why do my news feeds need to get flooded with people drudging up something that the person she disrespected did 10 years ago? I mean, if that's the logic you're going to apply to every situation in your life, you can do that to everyone about everything. If you keep digging, you will find something. I mean, yeah, this is this is the classic argument that's that's been going around nowadays is always to look for like an old tweet or to look for an old Facebook post or an old anything. You know, that's that's what people have been grasping at um, because it's what's the content that's readily available that they can pick apart. Right. But I have I have something to challenge you on because, you know, as much as I do believe that Kara was wrong for what she did, I don't think that. And as much as I think the backlash is whatever, I just don't think that people are only staying on topic and I feel like she's been bullied nonstop for the whole week. And that to me is just like not acceptable. You know, it's the same shit that happened with Amanda, same shit that happened with Kayla. The fans take it too far. And I don't blame each individual fan because the truth is we all have our, we're all entitled to express our opinions, especially on these forums and on these groups. But what we don't realize is that we often share the same opinion as most of the people in the group, right? And a lot of the people in the group. So when one person goes to say one thing, it's not just one person, you know, it's not just your one opinion. It's actually you plus hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other people. And they're all saying the same thing and they're all going to her Instagram and writing the same thing. And they're all going to Twitter and writing the same thing. And so I do think that there is something that we have to look at there where it's like as fans can we not just snap on people right away like do we have to actually bombard the cast with how we feel about them if they make a mistake like can we not keep it into our own like if it's on facebook i understand right if it's in our own little facebook groups and stuff but what i saw was all over her instagram and why take it to her you know what i mean why take it to that platform where you know that so many other people are going to be saying the same things and she's reading it directly it just feels aggressive Here's, here's why I, I disagree with you. 
as you you know, as, as you and I know, a lot of the backlash in our realm on Facebook and on Twitter, we're not the kind of people to take this shit directly to Kara, and I will address that. But in our realm, you know that so much of the backlash is as bad as, as it is because of her mm. stance, because of how unbearable they are, or because of how militant they are, because of how it's an organized like, Yeah, they make it worse. And, they make yeah. it worse. So so it's almost like people feel like they have to point this out because they just they just want logic to win out once. You know, we just want logic to win out here. Um, and I love that when you're the, talking about people, you're specifically talking about like your tribe. Like this is like yeah. your people. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm specifically talking about people on uh, Facebook, like Jacob Bradford, I'm calling you out by name, like Melissa Clancy. I see you guys on every thread peddling nonsense. Um, so there's your shout out. J- your boy Jacob's back on Facebook and he's running amok, Shawnee. I know you liked him back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Jacob um, is running amok. As, as, as it pertains to Kara, the reason why I don't feel any sympathy for her if she's catching heat from crazies is because she galvanizes the crazies. That's what we have been saying. She mm. communicates openly with her most militant and defensive stands, like Cara Maria Defender, and, and they... This is what Kara did on Instagram that fucking offended me. As you know, Kara is commenting on every single thing the challenge Instagram posts, even though she claims she was tuning out. Sip your tea, Shiny. I see you. Sip it. Um, and so Kara quotes, like, on an Instagram comment, essentially word for word, what Malik has been saying, what Kara Maria Defender has been saying, what all the stance have been saying. She takes all that logic, and I said it was Donald Trump-esque. That's, that, that was my opinion. It's like what Trump does when... It actually his, wasn't a bad comparison. When his weirdos, like, feed him their propaganda stuff, and he just mm. takes it on Twitter, he's like, look at this, this is a great opinion. So Kara posts on a comment that one, you know, jo- oh, people are coming at me even though Jordan's a racist, even though he took my, my uh, he ruined my moment on vendettas. She literally takes her stand logic and posts it. Mm. And then people just eat it up. And at that point, I don't feel bad for you because you're, that is, I I, I can't do it. I, I don't It's actually the that. big difference, I think, between her and Polly and why I like Polly so much is because like I'm, I'm, I'm turning back around on Polly. I'm seeing the sides that I liked of him mm-hmm. last season come through now, and you know, she, he, he won't double down on his shitty things. He just sort of moves on with stuff and, and discusses it in a really like nice, level-headed, rational way when he goes to social media, and that's what I like. I know he can be a little crazy with his TikTok videos and whatever the hell goes on, but when it comes to what he's writing and the posts and the explanations and things about the drama that are going that is going on on the season. I feel like he handles it a lot better. And he's just like, listen, we're all adults. It was a game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. Whereas Kara just doubles down. And like you said, she uses her stand logic to, to, to basically argue her case. And, and I don't know if it's maybe Kara taking her stands arguments or her, or her stands taking Kara's arguments or if it works both ways, you know, and they just sort of synchronize at, at one it's point. It's like a, it's, it's one giant echo chamber. <laughs> Michelle, um, Kara count Cara... is one. Guys, I had the funniest idea. I wanted to go through all of the video recaps this season and edit together every time Zach said Kara mm. and put like a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but I just thought that, that would take, take a, too long. It would take a long time. Obscenely um, long amount of time. Yeah, it, it's a big echo chamber. She's like surrounded by all these people and who are crazy and she takes what they say and she regurgitates that back and then mm. just some of the threads on Facebook were unbearable and man I, I really could not take it um 
Yeah, listen, I I hear you. I hear you. But I do want to challenge everybody to just not take this stuff to a personal page. Yeah, it don't ever do that matter. with anyone. Don't it ever matter. do that with anyone. You if know? you're going to mention someone on Instagram or Twitter, mm-hmm. be intelligent with what you have to say. Like sometimes I will mention people on Twitter and I'm never coming at them with shit like that or just yeah. blatant negativity or haterism. I'm coming at them with something that I would consider to be like a unique, well thought out, informed take. Um, that's th- That's what we ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, that's why a lot of times we don't post like little mini clips of our podcast where we're shitting on someone because I don't necessarily want them. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. You know, we're analyzing yeah. the show. Sometimes their character is not their person and it comes off worse and so and so. But um, but just, you know, don't don't be one of those millions of other people that goes to her Instagram account and shits on her on some fucking yeah. photo. You know, the, the, it happened with Amanda. It happens with Kayla. It happens with every single girl with Kaylee. Dude, all the Amanda, of them. it's just the Amanda GoFundMe for like the incident with her niece's dog oh, yeah. or, or someone who posted that today. You guys are, you guys really need to check yourselves. Like that mm. thread boiled down into this horrible thing where people are like ripping on Amanda saying that she's on TV. So she should have enough money to pay for it herself and all this ignorant shit. What is yeah. wrong? We with have you guys? to talk about that comment. Okay. Imagine this, put your guys put yourselves in their position, right? Because this is the same comment and the same, the same opposition that comes up to every single cast member or any reality star that shares a GoFundMe account. Imagine you have 200, 300,000 followers on your social media accounts, right? And you have a cousin of yours who, you know, had something go down and they're doing GoFundMe. It's not like you're ridiculously loaded where you're just throwing them money nonstop, right? You're just making a good living for yourself. But they have a GoFundMe that they want and they have a cousin who has a huge following. And if they came to you and asked you to share their GoFundMe, are you saying that you would say no to them because you wouldn't want your fans to think bad of you? Like what kind of logic is that? That's just craziness. You of course would share it because you're willing to help out anybody who's close to you in your life. At least I am. I share all of my friends shit nowadays. Why would it be different yeah. You know, if, if I have, I have what, 2000 friends on Facebook that I'm sharing my shit to, if I'm going to share it to you guys, I absolutely would share it almost even more so if I had a bigger following because I knew it would be a bigger and more helpful impact. You know, there's just, yep. it just makes no sense. The logic behind that. And I know every single person who criticizes them for this would do the same thing. Like, it's just stupid. You're telling me you wouldn't say, you wouldn't help your best friend if they asked you to share. Jessica. It's one click. You're not going to share a post. See, that comment is my issue. This is what Kara stands to do on everything. Do not, Jessica, you are a saniac at heart, so we know that you're capable of rising above this, but saying to me, it's wrong to do to Amanda, but Kara deserves it. That's what I'm saying. That's what Kara stands to do with everything. It's wrong no, for someone to do she, this, but it's... I think she's. I think she's responding. She just misunderstood what you're saying. She doesn't realize that you yeah. are against... Because I read her earlier comment yeah, no, was like no, about yeah. death threats. She thinks that you're pro Kara getting hate to her face, which no, is not no, no. what he's saying, Jessica. No. He's just pro people expressing their opinions on the private forums, but he is not pro people going to her actual Instagram because it's gross. Listen, if, if someone went to Kara's face and said, hey, Kara, I think that you've never really grown up and you're trapped in the show and you should grow up. I'd be like, and they like said that to her face. I'd be like, okay, that's a pretty valid criticism. But if they're like, fuck you, I hate you, you're ugly, and, and stuff like typical online haters do, you know, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. be, be better than that. Um, Gigi, yes. Somebody posted the Amanda um, the Amanda post for her niece, and it boiled down into a complete shit show in the comment section. People were saying, oh, she's, you know, she's on TV, she should be able to pay for it. Other people were saying, I think she, you know, this is shady, she wants to keep the money for herself. Yeah, the all weirdest this, things. The weirdest things. Weird shit. And, it was just it, they they got so nasty, and it's just I mean it's just crazy. I I think that stuff is so stupid. Like, come on. 
That's people where don't we're at put right themselves people don't put themselves in their shoes enough. Like it's, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's been a week of insanity that mm-hmm. kicked off with, with, with just, you know, the, the fallout from the engagement. So getting into the episode, we are at the engagement party. Yeah, let's do this. Um, Kara is not at the engagement party. Polly is, and Polly once again, as as we've always heard, when he's not kind of locked into the Kara thing, he seems like a pretty normal, nice guy. And you could see at the engagement party, I thought he looked, yeah, he, he was there like, cool, all right. Polly's a cool yeah. guy. Like, I know he's fucked up a lot, and I don't know him personally, but... For the the general vibe, you know, maybe he's one of those people you want to be super close to, but he seems like just like a cool, easygoing, like decent guy. He's just an aggressive competitor. Uh, yes, I I think I, I definitely subscribe to what people say and what we experienced in our interview with him that he, when he's not kind of trapped, having to um like cater to his relationship with Kara and having to stand by her and do all that and, you know, having to feud with Kyle because of Kara, he's a different guy. Um, and I can see that. Thank you, Gigi. Guys, if you ever want me to do a get ready with me before the episode, because that's when I do my makeup, I'd be happy to go live in the Saniac group. We'll keep it off yeah, the, that, yeah, the that, page. That'd be, but... that'd be great for the Instagram feed too. Oh, like that's on the true. Story. I never, I need to fucking use the Insta more. Um, all right. So through the engagement party, we do get a lot of cute stuff. And then we get to the moment where Kara is talking and um, one of her confessionals, she you know discusses how it was staged and so-and-so. And it just feels like, like a comment out of such bitterness. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, in the same token, I know that people would say that Polly and Kara's was fake, but they actually were planning something that was staged. So yeah, if you believe that, and I do call me biased, but I believe it, they were planning on staging an engagement on this season. Hmm. So how is Kara going to go in the confessional and say that? Ooh, that's rough. Um, and then we have, um, Polly and Tori bonding like a little bit. And, uh, and then that was, that was pretty much it. Zach makes a really cute speech. I don't know if yep. you were tearing up during that speech. I was no, tearing I up wasn't. during that speech. Uh, he made a really funny comment through one of it, which was like, she leaves a smile on everyone's face to Tori. And that's mm-hmm. important because you're such a dick to Jordan. And that was just so funny. You know, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan is so self-aware that he understands he comes off like a dick sometimes and he's cool with it, you know? And that's, that's what I actually appreciate about him. The final thing that I will say about Kara skipping out on the party is that, uh, you know, the spin that I'm seeing from her defenders about this is, you know, why is everybody going to criticize her for not going to the party she just didn't want to be fake so she you know Mm. she kept that same energy and stayed away from the party and i don't understand it she's we've established she's one of if not the fakest person on the show and she's clearly she's clearly scripted or attempted to script storylines on the show and and script drama she's clearly you know just Mm. by my eyes she's the most one of the most easily definable people as being fake on the show and not so i don't why yeah, can't you be I, I hear you. I hear minutes? you. My thing though is like it. I don't really care if she was at the engagement party or not because at the end of the day, the truth is, if you're not going to bring a good attitude and a and a good mood to an engagement party, then don't fucking go. But yeah. my issue is the fact that she couldn't bring the good mood. Right? She couldn't yeah. muster up like the happiness for them, and that's. I guess it's not even really an issue with her. It's actually an issue she should have with herself because it's it sh- just shows how m- much misery and sadness is inside of her that she's not able to let go of that for a second. Yeah. Like, just let it out. You want to know what I feel like Kara needs? Just, like, shake out all of her body tension. She needs to literally release her. In- she has so much energy 
that's trapped inside of her that is just so pent up and like tensiony and and upset and you can see it and it's like when someone goes to yoga for the first time and you just feel how tense they are and like they finally you know relax she needs to just relax i feel like she needs to take deep breaths more often there's just something so clenched about her personality if that makes sense you know yeah, what I, mean? I think it's really starting it's starting to wear on her from outside um you, you've made some good points about that there was a really good comment from michelle that i did want to read out which was that she said i think Kara staying in the room was the most honest thing she did this season and you know what i actually have to agree with that uh you know i do i really do yeah Okay, so then we get Cam and Leroy talking. They're talking about whether or not, Leroy, you know, who's Leroy's number one. This was sort of the start to Cam manipulating her way into Leroy uh, and Nani right in the middle there. And so, I mean, there wasn't really much that went on here, but there was foreshadowing for what was going to come later in this episode. And then we also get some of that with Rogan and Dee. And so production is just setting up the storylines. You know, they're talking about all these things that are eventually going to explode at the end. Uh, and then we get Rogan, Polly, and Joss, and this is where they start talking about wanting to turn on D. And they go into, um, you know, they go into why they want D to go in. She, they don't think that she runs enough. Uh, Rogan in the previous scene was talking to D about working out, you know, and and so we get this vibe that the boys want to finally trim the fat but is it too late for them to even make moves like this i mean who knows and on top of that their biggest thing is that they want to be able to trim the fat of d but well it feels actually weird saying that terminology they want to they want to get rid of d because they feel like she's the weakest but they don't want to do it themselves and that's really where they shot themselves in the foot because they weren't man enough to vote in d themselves which really would have clinched this plan Uh, so they were talking to paulie to try and get him to have his team do that if they threw the challenge Uh, and then we jump right into the challenge this was it's pretty fast how how quickly they come to the challenge each episode it's almost always before the first ad yeah and this um this challenge was another one that really it looked like it looked really fun it looked like a good time um i really wish it would have gotten to play out more if we would have Mm -hmm. uh if we would have seen more heats, then I think you could have seen more possibilities rather than just like one person sitting still and getting run over. I would have really liked to see, you know, the girls, it, it was always going to play out like that. I would have really liked to see the guys go and see, you know, if anybody could have changed it up a little bit. I would have liked, so the rundown for this, because I don't know if Erlene's watching, but she never watches the episode. Uh, <laughs> there's a giant powerboat that's towing this 120 foot, whatever long obstacle course. And uh, they one at a time race down the course and have to ring the bell. The other team gets to have one person trying to knock off, you know, each set, of, each, set each heat. So the girls or the guys. And the team that scores the most bells wins. The issue that I had with this the most was the fact that it was one defender per heat as opposed to one defender per individual player right so they should have been able to put up a girl each time another girl went like there should always have been a defender on the round but instead what happened was the first girl who went would take out the defender and themselves and then the next people would be able to just run through without a defender and that that sort of soured the challenge to me because there was so there was so much potential for physical contact and we didn't get that i agree I would like to see them build upon this concept in future seasons moving forward, bring something like this back, make the obstacle course that they're running on the back of the boat more elaborate. Imagine making it like, here's what I envisioned. I envisioned that obstacle on the back of the boat, but like a double decker. 
So you've got that mm. one, and then you've got one extended and built on top of it, and you've got a defender up top, a defender on the bottom. You've got two people running at once. Like I Mario mean, Kart. Oh, yeah. There's possibilities <laughs> there. Um, keep yeah, this concept cool. in mind. I like, I really like the foundation of this challenge. I think it could have been really cool. There's so much potential. I also envisioned maybe a square shape for the obstacle course. So instead of it being one strip, it would go around in sort of like a square pattern, maybe cr cut across as well. And there was options, you know, how to get yeah. through it. Uh, so yeah. there's definitely a lot of things they have to maybe pick up flags along the way to score yeah. points. A as it, um, as it was constructed tonight, it was, it was somewhat primitive. I mean, my, mm -hmm. uh, my cousins and I have made very similar structures, um, at our lake house in Canada in this, in summer's past, you know, some inner tubes lined up, some floats lined up so you can run over them the furthest. So MTV really was just cribbing off of my family for this concept. <laughs> They're so um, in tune with us. They actually stole the idea from you guys. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, it, it was it was uh, pretty cool courses. You had some noodles involved. So if, if they're looking for more ideas on how to make this better, they just they got to get in touch with me. I already know that they're watching. So mm. you guys know where to find me. Yeah, yes, they do. Uh, yeah, so there was there was a lot more that they could have built upon on this challenge. It felt like it was a rough draft, and we needed yep. a final draft. You know what yep. I mean? We didn't need a rough draft for a daily challenge right now. So, yeah. anyways, first up was uh, Team UK. Oh, and also they re-evened out the teams, which was just like Survivor, I another like Survivor element yep. that they've been pulling Liked through. It. So, it made it more fair, although it didn't really matter because Team UK ends up throwing it. So, first up, we have the girls from the UK, and Cam is the defender. So, Cam goes Cam goes up to defend, but she's only there the first round, right? Because her Jenny goes in, and Jenny just takes Cam out with her. So, now yeah. there's no defender there. Obviously, Jenny doesn't score the point. Tori hops on and Tori just falls right away. I was really Man, surprised Tori, about this. Yeah, Tori mistimed it badly. She tries to jump and land upright with two feet mm. on essentially a moving raft. And, you know, as the water shifts, it carries her right off the, the right off the raft. That was questionable. She she jumped too early before yeah. the rings. And that was, I think, the biggest problem because the other girls jumped and caught onto the rings. And yeah. that's where she really that's where she faltered. I'm going to have to keep an eye on Tori in the water because somebody who does that, in my mind, isn't very comfortable uh, with the water, with water games. I'm going to have to watch back. Tori likes water. Well, I'm going to have to watch back previous episodes and see if Tori is one of those people that jumps in the water and, and, and plugs their, like, co covers their nose when they jump in because those people, you know, they're not actually true water people. Actually, depending on how high you're falling from, you really should cover your nose. No. If you guys do that, I mean, it's it's just embarrassing. It's really hard to blow out at the same speed. Like if you're falling from 21 feet, you know, I would people know who I did it. Us, Do you cliff jump? I don't think pe so. People who uh, I've jumped, the highest I've ever jumped is from 33 feet. Okay. That's um, pretty fucking high. Of, it was off a bridge. Also in <laughs> my, uh, my summer residence up in Canada. Um, actually my, uh, my family's house up in Canada, not that far from where Ali Spears lives, your former rival. Interesting. Uh, shout out to Ali Spears. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, for those people that it, it's actually really funny it, for people that don't watch us and they just listen to the pod and they hear I me know, say these things the so confidently, jokes. they're probably just like, they, when they hear me say, you know, no, you're actually a joke. If you jump in the water and, and cover your nose they they, it sounds so serious because of the way I talk, they don't see, you know, the. The smile it's true the audio always sounds you always sound so much more almost like evil on the yeah. audio than yeah. you do like in person it. i like it 
<laughs> anyway, so so yeah, I mean, I think Tori is fine on water. I just uh, I, we haven't actually had that much. Also, all the landings this season have been small. Like the landing for the climbing challenge was like ten feet. The, nothing has been that dramatic over water yet. The the only thing that we saw properly was her swimming challenge, and she killed it in that. So that's all we True. can really go on. And it looks like we're getting a swimming challenge next week, a big one. Yes, big we are. One. Yeah, a I'm purge. Yeah. All right, so then we have D. She goes up. She rings the bell. That was pretty easy for her. Nobody defending her. And then Kaylee goes up, and she also rings the bell. Again, nobody defending her. So this challenge, so many missed opportunities. They could have easily put up, you know, Ashley against Kaylee, which would have been fantastic. They could have had Ninja against D, which I would have loved to have seen. So lots of missed opportunities here in the matchups that could have happened on the water. Then we have Team USA. So the girls go up and Jenny is the defender. Again, Cam goes first. So it's Cam versus Jenny round two. And they both go in. It's inevitable, I think, when the defender is first that they're both going to fall in at that point. Ninja flies right through like an actual fucking monkey and she hits the bell and then Kara rings the bell. She was not so monkey like. And then Ashley goes through and she also rings the bell. So three girls made it through for team us and two for team UK. And then we get the men coming in and Zach was the defender for team us. And this is where the challenge kind of just abruptly ends because CT goes up first for team UK for the men and they have a time limit for all of the guys going through. So one person could theoretically take up the entire time for that whole team's heat and everybody else wouldn't go. And that's exactly what CT did. He sat where Zach was at the defender position and just did rock, paper, scissors, which I will say cracked me up because that was fucking hilarious. But he then just ate up all of the time and forfeited the entire challenge for team UK. And I really don't have a problem with CT throwing challenges. I don't think it, dampens the integrity of the show i will disagree with the people you know my favorites about that i do like competitors but throwing challenges has been a part of the challenge since the dawn of time so it's nothing new and it's not some cheap way to go about things that's just a strategy move but what i didn't like was how weak they were about the entire thing they didn't throw the challenge so they could all vote in d they threw it so that they could cower out of sending in the person they wanted to send in and on top of that ct when he was saying like i i'm throwing the challenge and now i finally have to make my choice that pissed me off as well because he made his choice from week one he's been voting with the same people from week one the second he selected uh, what was her name for the speaker that week when Kara was like, Boston, Boston, uh, right? Yep, that yep. He made his choice right then and there and publicly. And I don't know why he keeps bringing up the fact that like now he has to make a choice between the two. He's on one side. He acted like this solidified his side as opposed to every single vote. It's just weird. Those are some really great points. Shit, I didn't even... Thanks. I, I like that. Yeah, you, I came you, in like yeah. a rocket tonight. CT was I'm, really pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, in terms of throwing challenges, I I'm you know I'm always in favor of it if it's a good strategic decision. Like you said, this was kind of a bitch move because they're putting the burden of of you know mm. someone else having to make that tough call on the other people. I'm still a fan of the the challenge on Final Reckoning that my boy Shady Shane threw. That was That a good was one. legendary, and people were pressed about that. People were so pissed when he did that. So I will be interested to see the reaction that CT gets for throwing the challenge because he's obviously a much more liked person in the community 
Um, I feel like people don't like throwing challenges. Yeah. You know, well, I, the, I the like casual, it. The casuals definitely don't. So it'll be interesting because the casuals, uh, they love CT, but they hate throwing challenges. Mm. So now those two worlds are colliding. Yeah, yeah. they've got to, they've got to pick a side now. What are you going to do, casuals? So, yeah, so that's my, my, there was a lot of beef that I had with CT throughout this thing. Rock, paper, scissors was his funny moment. Everything else was pretty much downhill for me. TJ made a big comment. I, you know, TJ always makes these dramatic comments, but they're never actually accurate. That was the craziest thing I've seen in a challenge or the worst throw. Like, did he not, do you not remember when Wes was in the water? Was it, who was in the water? Like, which way to the jungle? That was Evan. Evan exactly like how could that was even worse than this was by a by a mile you know that was so that was that was a mean what what Evan did there was mean and and what CT did was just a little bit ridiculous and and condescending ish but it wasn't the craziest thing TJ has ever seen he does love to rip on them though I think production's been hyping up TJ more and more as the seasons have gone on like TJ you got to get into them you know you have to embrace that personality since dirty 30 where they gave him lines this was the also the point in the episode after ct throws the challenge where um man this stood out to me i don't know if it stood out to anybody else rogan after the challenge was over like after rogan took his his helmet Mm -hmm. off and he's standing there on the on the you know on the beach um Rogan was flames. Did mm. you see his hair? His hair. Oh yeah, you liked the beard. way he looked in that, didn't you? They, Rogan is they really were, hot. Wow, hot. They, they were his his whoever. I don't know if Leroy did that fade or whoever, but he was looking great. Everybody has had a nice fade this season because Leroy has been in the house. It's there's been a big difference in haircuts. It's been huge. Uh, yeah, he, he Rogan was he and his beard was on point too going into the fade. His hair looked great in that moment. My dog is so restless. You guys, he brought me a toy. There we go. Uh, so, so then after that, we get um, some more scolding from TJ. They all go into the they all go into the line, you know, to see who's going to be the speaker. There was this moment that was really heartbreaking for me, where Dee finds out that Rogan was in on it, and that face that she made was just so devastating. Yeah. When you see Rogan answer, she asks, I forget exactly her wording, but she goes, you know, did did you know about? Did you know about CT doing this? And Rogan's like roundabout lie of omission way of saying it. I mean, I I knew CT wasn't gonna try very hard, but I yeah, didn't know. I, you know, that. I didn't know he was gonna do rock paper scissors. <laughs> like, come on, that, that was, was just great. crazy. What that a way line. To it. There was so much. There was so much humor in that one line, and then so much sadness in Dee's face, all in the same moment. And. I was surprised she didn't catch on earlier to the fact that it might have been her that they were targeting because why would they have to throw it in order yeah. to send in people that weren't in their alliance? That's a great point. That wouldn't have been an issue. So she didn't, those dots didn't click to her too fast, but I really feel like they should have. Uh, anyway, so then Cam gets picked the speaker uh, and she picks Nani and Leroy. The second she picked Nani and Leroy, I knew that she was about to try and stir some shit up. This is some mm-hmm. classic high school like bitch move right here yeah this is she was trying to flex. fucking bullshit she, this is let me show nani who's actually leroy's girl that's move. exactly what it was that was her entire point she was like oh nani thinks that her and leroy are friends well leroy will do whatever i want because i can get whatever i want from him 
Yep. And I have exactly what he wants. So she literally <laughs> took salt straight to mm-hmm. Nani's wounds, just like mm-hmm. crushed it inside. I mean, it was brutal. And I knew from this moment on that that was going to be a storyline this episode because listen, I like him in some ways and I really dislike Cam in other ways. And tonight showed me a side of Cam that I really dislike. I will say boys can make dir- girls do some crazy ass shit, but I just could not believe what she was doing. Like to me, I saw Cam as someone who was so above the shit that she did tonight. So above the shit that she did tonight. And I want to know if she agrees with what she did or if she actually regrets her behavior, because if she regrets it, that's a different story than in the heat of the moment. You know, she got jealous. She made mistakes. She tried to flex on Nani, whatever it was. But if she actually doubles down on it, that I will lose so many respect points for cam because i just i really saw her as someone who was like completely above this level of stupidity and this level of pettiness and this was this was petty i think our biggest complaint with cam uh lines up for you and i it's that she gives off the air of like a power player she gives off the air and she fronts as a um an alpha in the house you Mm. know someone not to be messed with but all of her power moves that she hypes up, all of the every season she's on, the way she plays, always ends with her following someone else's lead. It's always her, you know, not not wanting to ruffle feathers too much. It's always her. I don't know if I agree with that too much, but I do know what you mean. I actually think people follow Cam's lead more than I, I haven't. I haven't watched a season yet where Cam has been running the show because we're not seeing it but she is running it this season and you know she's running it this season some people have said that i mean her her biggest position of power is that her and kaylee are on opposite teams and they're each other's number one but what Um, we're not seeing is that she's been behind most of the nominations and the plans that have gone down this season and she was the clincher to get leroy to go over to the other side and secure those numbers for her and, and if that is what's going on um then cam's issue is that she needs to get better in she needs to get better at controlling the narrative in the confessional, mm. if that's the case. Because after the fact, yeah. she should be claiming the moves. Um, For sure. I mean, and, I think production has to focus on the, that more. Yeah, if, if that's not the edit we're getting, then that's one thing. But um, <clears throat> to me, I watch it and I just see her kind of running the game, but also kind of being a like little hot. bit lower on the totem Well, I think, I think her game is that she likes to run the game without people knowing she's running the game, if that makes sense. And I don't know why, because in the challenge, I think you can run the house and people know about it and it doesn't really create too big of a target on your back. Whereas, you know, for example, in Big Brother or Survivor or something, if people know that you're running the game, you're fucked for life. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit different. So I don't know why she does yeah, the that, but it could also be edited. Totally different. It could yeah, also when, be edited. When you're, on the, when you're on the challenge, it's like you want to make it known that you're running the show. It's that that's yeah. one of the big differences. But it's I wonder like, why editing what, is I'm not showing us those moments. I want to see the moments where they talk about who, you know, they're picking for speaker and who speaker is going to pick for tribunal and like when those deals are going down cuz you know it's not a surprise, you know, you know they're talking about this shit beforehand and we get to see none of that kind of stuff and I I want to yeah. see more of that strategy going down. Then we go into Tori, Jenny, and Nani talking. This is sort of the aftermath of the challenge, and Tori's having a hard time. Obviously, she did really bad. She's very self-aware. She even tells us that she did really crap on the challenge and that it wasn't a great day for her. And then we go into tribunal and nominations. And this was heartbreaking for me to watch because I honestly felt like if I was sitting in Tori's position in this tribunal, in this nominations, I would have fucking started bawling. 
the fact that she had so much strength to not cry in that moment because you don't realize how shocking that is she sat down and within the first second that she sat down somebody who like she thought was at least a friend and would do it in maybe a way that had some class and less crass was ct and he just off the bat all right let's get to it let's just get to it all for tori and everybody just raises their hands it took 10 fucking seconds for the votes to go down and it was i mean that was hard that was hard i can imagine that would be a difficult thing for her i love when we get your emotional tie to it because it really Um, is an emotional thing think about think zach okay maybe not you because you you don't shed a tear but but like there. There's just I, there's very few people I know that would not cry, and it's not a matter of whether or not a person is strong enough not to cry. It's a matter of if a person is a crier or like if a person just never has You're crying right. I whatsoever. Mean, it is like in that moment, most people would be really shook. Reality competitions are very much in line with the the Stanford prison experiment where. <laughs> Oh my god i studied that experiment and, and I, i'm not I, I mean i can't cop full, i can't cop credit for that like Susie and sarah talked about that a long time ago that, did that they that's, that's a the, good yeah, that's a good that, comparison that is, is because and for those that don't know it's essentially you know an experiment where students were were assigned roles of prisoners and prison guards and for an extended period of time they they lived those roles and even though they knew going into it that that's not who we are when you're in that environment Mm. eventually it takes over and that's the way you act and it's it's uh it's like a sandbox environment so people that are in that house that's that's how they act so even though tori lives outside of that house and knows okay i'm friends with these people and i'm a you know i'm a a person with a great life when you're sitting there and it's like the your peers that you've been surrounded by for a month all sit around and they vote your ass in in 10 seconds you're right it Mm. it hurts like those emotions take over because that's that's raw that's the environment you've been exposed to it's a really great it's a really great example and or comparison and it, it fits for almost all of these shows where they're isolated from the outside world and where yeah. they're put into these kind of boxes and people always wonder how people can behave that way or how someone can go crazy or, or do whatever it is and you know there's been so many studies like the prison experiment before there were really regulations going on with uh, human experimenting that that show us that that show us in human behavior that people can conform yeah. to those sort of crazy ideas that they feel like they have to fit or those you know what i like about our show i like that we we say stuff and we have no problem giving credit to the people who put it out there and we say hey this is what i picked up from so and so yeah even though i do not like even though i do car stands unlike car stands who read you know all their peers on twitter and they're like oh i'm lifting that and i'm taking it to facebook and i'm gonna post that shit on facebook and be like yo y'all are hating on cara but jordan hated on her on vendettas you just so hate cara stan so much so Funniest much thing. so much i want to meet you guys in person i want to meet you in person i just want to look at you and i just want to i i think give you a hug i think you guys need some sort of real life social interaction to, to... okay so Let's move on. We go we go through the tribunal. Obviously, they all voted Tory, and then she talks to Team USA. And this is where my, I mean, you know, Cam started continuing with her condescending facial expressions. There's, honestly, I think what it comes down to is, like, I used to be a really condescending person, and I still can be from time to time. But it's something that I've really grown out of, and I've come to learn as a really shitty thing to do to people, especially if someone's trying to come to you and talk to you about something in a genuine way. And so in the same way that Kara was very condescending to Josh in the pool discussion of last episode with her, like, her snarky comment and her sort of, like, face where 
it just feels like the conversation is only sincere on one end. Somebody is talking and the other person is like, oh, like, so that's what you feel like. That's that's how, OK, fine. Because no, because you were just saying that, like, you didn't like people. So I was just wondering, you know, who didn't you like? Right. You know, like that kind of tone and that sort mm-hmm. of those mannerisms that go along with that sort of tone. And I just hate that vibe. I think it's so shitty and it 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 almost puts you at like this this level below reasonable for me you know where it's like you can't even talk to that kind of a person because they're just not they're not there it's like talking to a wall the only thing you're speaking to is their persona their sort of their guard that's up because they don't want to let anybody in to have an authentic conversation and be genuine and it's just it's shitty and that's exactly what cam was doing to tori tonight when she goes what was your intention on switching teams like what do you think her intention was that's a rhetorical question, right? Like that was that had to have been a rhetorical question. It was it was pretty it was whack. It's the only way I could describe it. A lot of these people, if they just put themselves in that person's shoes, would understand what the fuck they're thinking and would be able to answer yeah. their own questions. Like Cam, you would switch too if you were in that position. Do you know what I mean? What were what would be your intentions? Answer it yeah. yourself. Anyway, so then we get Tori leaving the tribunal, leaving the discussion, and Cam, Leroy, and Nani start talking, and this is where the bombs start dropping, and cam right off the bat is just like we all need to vote the same you know we all need to say the same name and she's just instantly pinning herself right in between nani and leroy why do they all have to vote the same way you know since when has that been a thing they've all not been voting the same way this season it's so irrelevant and to put that in there was just purely to cause a fight and to cause more mayhem and havoc between those two it was just stupid and then we go through to cara and ashley and they're talking in one of the rooms and this is where cara says uh, that line, that whole charade of will you marry me? And she's talking about the proposal. So she's literally talking about their proposal like it's a charade. She's talking about it. She's saying that, you know, it must have been planned before. They must have been married before already and decided it before. And like all of this shit, because heaven forbid someone could have a genuine moment that isn't real, you know, or that isn't a part of the game or isn't staged for PR. And to just think that way is so negative. Like, just be happy for someone. Just leave it. Let it die in your head. Why does it have to keep coming up for you, you know? I mean, she's just like her stance. She's unable to get past someone who, like, said something cross to her. And, like, she, she like, that that's, that, that's like, an un, unredeemable sin in her eyes and Mm. honestly i love i love what jordan said at the beginning of the episode he said i don't care how many eliminations you won i don't care what everyone says about how much of a beast you are i look at you and i don't see a true competitor and i can't disagree with that because i've been trying to say the same thing the bottom line is that Kara, in her earlier challenge years where she defined her reputation she overachieved she Mm. overachieved and she she won some big eliminations and, and she made some things happen but since then, now it is leveled out. Now she's so scared because she knows that she overachieved. And, and, and she, it's like she's worried about having to prove herself again because she thinks she might fail. So mm. Jordan sees that and he sees someone who's, who is not worthy of the reputation they've been given. I can't yeah. disagree with it. I could see that. 
Okay, so then we get Tori and Jordan, and Tori's talking about how everybody hates her, and Jordan says a line that I really love, which was, everybody loves you, they're just scared of you, which is the truth. You never see someone talking bad about Tori as a person. It just doesn't come, you know, it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. People love her. They only ever have really nice things to say about her. Maybe they have some shade to throw on the show, but in all the interviews and aftermath and, and things like that that you'll watch, they're all very kind to her. So you can tell that she's just a good person. And then we go into the night out, and this is where Jordan starts telling Leroy almost everything we were saying on the podcast. And I loved it. He laid it all out for Leroy, just point blank, telling him every single thing that was going on this season that led to Leroy being on that side because Leroy kept bringing up the fact that it was for the numbers and da da da. And they were just like, you were the one who made the numbers, Lee. You made the switch. You were the one who flipped this. And then we get Cam coming up to Leroy. And yep. I mean, this was crazy. So Cam comes up to Leroy and goes, can I talk to you for a second? It's an emergency. Like pull some sort of bitch move that trying to get Leroy away from Nani because Cam doesn't want Leroy to talk to Nani. So you see them continue the conversation on the side and Leroy is asking Cam, like, am I allowed? Am I still allowed to talk to Nani? And Cam's like, she should feel grateful that she's in the tribunal. You don't need to like explain to her. And Leroy saying how he wants to make her feel comfortable and make her feel safe because this is one of Leroy's closest friends. And Cam's like, why why do you want to do that? Why do you have to make her feel comfortable? Like essentially saying, why do you have to be nice to one of your friends? Why do you have to make sure one of your friends isn't sad? Are you kidding me? Cam only preaches loyalty every single day. You know, she wouldn't send in Kaylee. She wouldn't not make sure Kaylee is okay. And they've only known each other for a couple of years. Leroy's known Nani for yeah. like a decade. I first, the conversation between Jordan, Zach, Josh, and Leroy, I loved it because it was honest it was it was an engaging conversation and Leroy was I mean Leroy was very confident in his decision and he wasn't backing down and he was explaining that and I thought that was a very engaging conversation and it was great until Cam came in and ruined it and I mean that's the classic move that's like wow Cam really looks at Leroy as a pawn mm. and 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 thinks that you know he must be easily manipulated or he can't think for himself so she's going in there like I don't feel comfortable with you talking to all them and getting too deep into it you know i don't want you telling them stuff i don't want them telling you stuff so obviously she you know she doesn't trust leroy to have a mind of his own and then i'd be so we... embarrassed to say that to a guy to yeah, say seriously. like i i like you can't talk oh my god i would i would actually make my body like cringe inward and convulse i could never yeah. say that to someone how and can you dictate if I would... that's how Oh. If that's how she views him, then, like, why is she even fucking with him? The worst part is <laughs> if a guy said yes to me and agreed to that, I would feel like he was not worth my time. Because what, yeah, he can't think little, for himself? Like, he's gonna act, Yeah, like, that's, I, I would lose so much respect for a person and the who other, would just go now, with that. The major revelation uh. of all this for me was during Cam and Leroy's conversation after that, where they're talking about Nani. Also, when Leroy gets up and Leroy mm. looks at them and he goes, we're winning this shit. It doesn't matter. We're winning this shit. And yeah. he, he feels it. Like, he feels that this is his win. Yeah. And then that translates into the conversation with Cam. And and Leroy finally... And I didn't... Honestly, I didn't see this before. And now I see it. And Leroy said it. He goes, we are keeping Nani. You know, so I, I'm, 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 I'm not quoting that, him directly I'm, that's my I'm, second I'm priority is, is taking but, but yeah, on yeah. yeah she is getting there with us mm. she i want her to have this win with me so leroy his goal while switching to these numbers is to bring nani with him knowing that it's a team challenge so that him and nani can get their first win both of them and get the monkey off their back and but that's crazy that's crazy yeah. 
because Nani's playing completely against him. So it's going to get so ugly. Like they're only going to carry Nani so far. Now it explains why Nani hasn't been in elimination yet. There's been one or two eliminations where you're like, wow, I wonder why they didn't throw a Nani. So clearly Leroy's lobbying like, guys, please let me and Nani get this one. But that's going to yeah, run out real soon. Very soon. I mean, think about it right now. It's literally running. I mean, it's probably going to run out in the next couple episodes. I can't imagine yeah. Nani makes the final because... The, unless she goes up against like Kaylee or someone who's maybe not, at her they're level. They're not going to send in. Yeah. They're not going to send in Kaylee. Mm-mm, they're not going to send in D. They're not going to send in any of them while Nani's still in the game. That's they not going to happen. They are sending in Tori and Nani the yeah. next chance they get. Now, That's brutal. When we get back to the house, and this is a point I've seen Jack making in the comments, and I love it because you and I call this stuff out all the time. Leroy was drunk as fuck during this during this moment. So was Nani eating her noodles. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, loving oh it. Oh my god, eating oh her noodles god, and like I loved it. she did like a model strut into the room. <laughs> yeah, she's like, like that, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna get gift, gift, whatever immediately. Um, Leroy was drunk as fuck, and he was doing the classic, like, they're fucking, Cam and and Nani are fighting, Leroy's like, oh my god, I can't believe this, I can't believe this, I I can't believe y'all right now, it was so good, he was was out of it. He they was were trying really to, out of it. Yeah. He, he, he just wanted to, to settle going. it down, but these girls were not going to settle it down for him. You know, this was not going to happen. And what, so this was another moment in the night that I thought Cam just made a boneheaded line because she's not thinking for five seconds. And Cam in her confessional was like, I don't know why Nani had to jump into a private conversation I was having with Leroy. It was about Nani, are you telling me, right? This is a question to Cam. Are you telling me that Cam wouldn't jump into a conversation that she heard that was about her when she was walking through the room? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Cam is running right into that conversation if it's about her. It's not a private convo. You're in a fucking house and you're talking about someone. Somebody else hears. It's super understandable to want to have that, to want to jump in and to talk about it and to see what's going on and what people are fucking saying about you, especially if it's your best friend. Another thing I want to say about this, and I am by no means a Nani fan. I am by no means a Nani supporter. I don't, I've, I don't even know what positive things I've ever said about Nani in my life. And I know Not that many. you can't, you can't defend people on the show without being cons- like called bias or something now, but Nani, you know, she stepped right up to Cam. Mm. Now Cam says that she's the baddest chick in the yard. Nani walked in. Well, she didn't walk in there. She strutted in there in her heels or her pumps or whatever she was wearing. Almost and she fell. Had the, Did you see that? Yeah, she almost yeah. fell a bit. <laughs> and uh, she had the, the height advantage over Cam uh, due to her, her footwear. And she walked right up to Cam and she was like, what the fuck's up? What is it? What mm-hmm. is it? And Cam, she stammered a little bit. Cam stammered a little bit and then got up and they were looking at each other. Nani was not backing down. Now, people have been dragging Nani nonstop, mostly car people. Obviously, we've traced this. It all goes back to the defense of one person. Um, and, and hating on people against her. But Nani, she got right in Cam's face. She stood up. She told her what it was. And Leroy was <laughs> drunk and babbling in the background while it was going down. She said what she had to say. Cam said what Cam had to say. And Nani didn't look weak in that moment at all. Not so at I, all. I, I just, yeah, that should be established. Not at all. Nani's a decent... She She's tough. She's not, she, she's not like someone who you can break in half. You know, she actually is a tough girl. She's a tough chick. She's been on a few of these. She's competed in some physical eliminations and stuff. So she's yeah. not like going to back down right away. And I think for Nani, I mean, it must be so confusing. Again, this is, it goes back. We've said this before in a few episodes ago when we spoke about our confusion for why Leroy is choosing this side 
over Nani when he was so upset that Kara chose Kyle over Nani, you know, or over, over him. And that yep. entire situation and the difference between that is like Kara and Leroy weren't as close as Nani and Leroy is, you know, Nani and Leroy are so much closer. So it's so weird that he's so easily willing to just go against her. And the weird part is the fact that he's emphasized throughout this whole episode tonight that he actually wants Nani to be there at the final so why wouldn't you choose her side? Yeah, there you was were a the numbers. Yeah. It, it makes no sense to me. Not only, like, you guys could have won most of the challenges, sent in most of the UK boys home. Like, you didn't even have to send in your own people yet. You had Polly still to go in. It just seems so strange to me that he actually wants to bring Nani to the end because the way he's playing is completely against that. Like, his actions and his words are not matching up with that. Do you think that he thought that Nani was going to be able to like come with him at the end? Like, I don't understand what he thought there. Jordan nailed it. Jordan said in his confession about Leroy, this dude, he's pulled the same move every mm. year and he always picks the wrong side. And that's true. That's indisputable because he hasn't won. The only time he even came close to picking the right side is when he made a deal with Wes on Nexus 2. And even that was out of desperation because Johnny got eliminated early. Mm. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So then we go into, um, Oh, this was funny. Car goes, you're safe. What could you possibly be pissed about when she's talking about Nani? And again, we can reiterate the fact that car is not being able to separate game from life because she is not, she can't be aware enough to realize that Nani is upset about a personal relationship that she has in her life, yeah. a personal friendship that she has in her life, which supersedes the importance of this game. And to her, it is so much more intense to be in a fight with Leroy and to be at odds with Leroy than, you know, her position in this game, right? Her safety in this game. The game is all Kara knows. All. It, it's it's the, the final stage of her evolution into Johnny who by all accounts, maybe not as much now, but in previous years, you know, around Rivals 3 era, uh, that was all Johnny could talk about was the game. What I game? heard interviews, I, just the game, just the challenge. I heard interviews with Kenny where, you know, Kenny said, <laughs> Kenny would say like, I meet up with Johnny every once in a while, but I, you know, I just can't do it because all he wants to talk about is the show. I haven't been on the show in years. He's just living the show like outside of the show. And that's how Kara is. Yeah. Indisputable. Indisputably so. That's how she is. She's living the show. It's like how they say, if you want to be a writer, don't just read books. Like you have to go yeah. experience stuff because otherwise you're just going to write things that you've read about as opposed to writing from experience. And that's where the best writers come from. Okay. So then we go into Polly's strategizing and Polly's trying to talk to Leroy about possibly sending in D because that's what he kind of promised the other side. I mean, this really blows up in their face. You know, once Polly starts talking to Leroy, I could tell that this wasn't really going to work out. And CT comes into the conversation and CT, <laughs> CT makes a comment in one of his confessionals that he's starting to feel like this alliance is one-sided. No shit, CT. Starting like, to feel like no, that. Wow. They're also delirious. His comments yeah. are all like a thousand years too late. It's just stupid. And then at that point, Leroy says that he wants to give them a warning because he doesn't want to blindside the girl, which is obviously where I knew the plan was for sure going to blow up. And Leroy goes and tells Cam, which fine, he could tell Cam, but he told Cam in front of Ninja, who's yeah. Dee's best friend, who wasn't in the tribunal, who didn't have to know. And so then Ninja's obviously there. And then CT just... I will say the one thing I do enjoy about CT is that he's actually providing us with content this season as opposed to just being wallpaper to some extent because he's 
literally stirring the pot. He's like the KitchenAid, just constantly yeah. kneading the fucking pot. I, I, yeah, trust me. I did like that at that point, CT's, CT said, well, now that it's going to get out, mm. I'm just going to have to go tell her. And he walks her right up. up to the picnic table. Right up. Yeah. And he sits down and he goes, D, you know, there's no point in beating around the bush here. Like, you're basically going in. We were trying to possibly get you in. We were thinking about it, whatever. And then he also does this roundabout line this sort of thing that rogan did earlier where he uh where d asks whose idea it was and instead of answering properly he goes mm -hmm. that's a you you and a boyfriend can have a conversation about that later like kind of a thing <laughs> basically saying it's rogan but not saying it's rogan like yep, classic that was great that was just hilarious and you know this is when things really start getting crazy and then rogan starts talking to d and he starts saying you know i didn't think you were ready to run a final and she starts getting crazy and she gets really upset obviously and then she freaks out and you know if people didn't like georgia crying i'm assuming they did not like d crying because she went Man, berserk. d was an explosive crier she was it was bad it was, it was intense like yeah, i felt like she was yelling. going through something guttural mm -hmm. it, mm. it was it was uh intense is probably the best word for it i i did I mean, Rogan talking to her was great. He's got his <laughs> accent. He's got his fresh fade, his beautifully trimmed beard, I and, like face, Rogan. and facial hair overall. And he's just he's just kind of hitting her with with Rogan stuff, you know. Oh, I didn't really wanna wanna hurt you, D. Uh, you're just not a very good runner. D uh, was so pissed when he said that about your about your abilities. Awesome. I think Erlene's asking how was D weaker than Kaylee. I, I'm pretty sure most of them have the conception of D that she's weak because of the day that she passed out from the heat stroke when she was working out with them and the fact yeah. that she hasn't worked out at all. Kaylee has been working out from what I've been hearing. I think everyone people. knows. I yeah. think everyone knows and accepts that Kaylee's weak. I think everyone knows and accepts that True. Kaylee's the weakest, but they know that she's literally untouchable because of. The fact that they're all obeying this hierarchy. But she's untouchable, but she also might be better than D because she's been working out more than D, and that's a big difference. So th they're only seeing like what they see in the house. They don't know if don't D know. trained I, before. I don't know if I'm there with that. I don't know if they see that. Pretty there with that. If, if that's what you're seeing, that's cool. It's not what I'm seeing. I think they're more worried about D mm -hmm. crashing than they are about Kaylee and, crashing. And that's that is true when you're in that environment, like one thing that happens, it will stand out. If there's one incident, mm. like people, people are micro analyzing this because they want the best possible chance to win the money. So they will look for something like that. That's true. They also are looking at the fact that she's more scared than Kaylee. She doesn't like the heights, the water, the, this, the, that, the swimming. So that's big. You know, those are big deals as well. Anyways, things go crazy. Then you get D and Ninja sort of crying and panicking out on one of those little patio terrace things. And Ashley comes up. Ashley's a pretty good hype woman. She starts calming D down a bit. She's like, don't worry, girl. People underestimate me. All you need to win a final is heart, which at the end of the day is actually true. And, you know, I don't, I don't see D as like this super weak competitor either. So I don't think that she is what they all see her as either. Yo, you know, I'm I'm so down with Autumn's comment. I think Rogan is also just annoyed by D, and he wants her out for that reason too. That's legit. Rogan's like, I, I think, uh, I, I think, think I'm that done. She's yeah, she's a little too clingy, and I'm trying to uh, get rid of her. She's cock blocking me, and I need to I, move on. I think that's I what's like going Rogan. On. Do you like Rogan? I'm starting to really like like uh, him a lot more. I enjoyed Rogan yeah. today. Yeah. I think he's he has a a good sense of self-awareness, which is impressive for yeah. anyone on the cast. And he also 
isn't afraid to make moves either and he he has a good sense of strategy he sort of is he's getting on he's catching on it feels like a little kid that was learning how to walk and that was him throughout this whole challenge he's sort of learning how to challenge you know what i mean that and is I, great yeah that's spot on that's exactly what was happening and it's his nice rookie to season see. wasn't yeah. really a rookie season you know it's mm. like he he, he he broke his back on the first uh, in the first 10 minutes. So this time, yeah, he actually got to play the game and he figured it out as it went along. And you can feel how desperate he is to just win because he wants that redemption from from crashing it, on the on the mountain. It's been for him when the game started, all of it was all it was about for him was not being the first one out again. And you remember the conversation that he had with Jordan for yeah. the first elimination, he said I I can't go I can't go out first again. You know, everyone will be. So, everyone was so embarrassed after what happened last time. Please, like, I'll do anything. Just don't send me in first. And that mm. worked for him. And then it became, you know, I got to make it a little bit further. I got to make it a little bit further. And then he was in power firmly with the numbers, and it became, I got to get to this final. I need redemption. The only way yeah, I can I get redemption, win. yeah, is is to win. Exactly. So that's that's where he's at right now, and it's a pretty good story arc. I like it. Yeah, it's been nice to see. And I like him and Joss. I do think just because they weren't on the side that we were rooting for this season, they still have grown on me a lot. And it's nice to see Rogan involved because by proxy, he kind of gives Joss more credibility that he's actually playing the game. Because otherwise, mm. Joss would just be doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been disappointed with Joss this season and the way he's playing. And, 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 you know... It, Joss is in a different seat than Rogan because he's played with people before. He's been screwed by people before. He, mm. you know, he's, and he's playing for somebody who's played before. The fact that he's playing further down the totem pole than Rogan, like he's getting outplayed by his friend who's a, a relative rookie. It's not a not the best look for him. You true. Know? I would jo- say Rogan if, is higher up right yeah, now. Yeah, like if sure. Joss was a true vet, like if Joss was a true veteran, he would come in and say, "All right, here's my boy Rogan. I'm going to drag him to the end." Unless it gets in the way of myself, I'm not going to protect him. He's going to protect me. But that's not what it's it's is happening. Joss is essentially like, oh yeah, I've been to a final, Rogan. I'll jump on the grenade for you because I want you to get there too. So, so Rogan's true. playing a better game than Joss. So true. That's a good take. Okay, so then we go to the proving ground, the elimination. We get the votes, and Nani votes for Kaylee, which at that point I knew that they were obviously abandoning ship on the D plan. And then Cam votes for Jenny, and I also knew that Leroy was going to follow suit with Cam and also vote for Jenny. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. For them, it makes so much more sense to vote in Jenny. As Team US, it wouldn't make any sense to go with one of their weaker players. So Team UK had a plan, and it was so poorly executed and poorly thought out. And I knew from the get-go that plan wasn't going to work. Very, very anticlimactic to give us you know, 15 mm. to 20 minutes of D drama and these rage fits and then just go into the nominations and the votes and all of a sudden they're voting for Jenny and you get, you know, a five second voice clip afterwards of, uh, we decided not to vote in D. Uh, it wouldn't it was have so been, stupid. yeah, I felt bad about it. It wouldn't have been a good thing. So it was anticlimactic. We didn't really get the point, you know, you wanted to see that before the votes. You wanted to be like, I don't know, you know, voting in Mm. D might not be a good thing. Maybe show some resolve between them. Instead, it made it look like all that drama was for no reason and that it could backfire on them in the end. Because if D, after that, after they threw D's name out there and they said, hey, we're thinking about voting you in. If she doesn't do anything about that, if she doesn't make any kind of play next week, if she remain, if she keeps her trust in the people that try that 
talk to her face about screwing her over, uh, that's a really dumb play. Mm. I want to see how she counters that. She better make a move against them uh, for herself. Jack, no spoilers. That Whatever you just teased was fine, but no hardcore spoilers in the comments. Yeah. There, draw the line there. There's, um, <laughs> D-Day. There, there is, you know, there is something to be said for them ha- that they should have followed through on the plan because now they're, they're targets for D and D has a huge alliance. D's way in, she's in tighter with the girls than the boys are for sure. Yep. And on top of that, the girls on Team USA, why wouldn't they want to get rid of Joss and Rogan? What's the issue there? They're strong Team UK members. Why would they not want to target them to make it easier for them in the final? They're already stacking up Team UK yeah. with Jordan and, and, and Joss and Rogan. They have to get rid of one of them. I agree with Rebecca. They threw the challenge for their plan, specifically to get rid of D. They threw the challenge. You know, uh, all so the stupid. guys on the team, with the exception of CT, didn't get to participate in that. And then they don't do it. What a waste. They never, the guys never care about Girls' Day. And it frustrates me so much when the guys have control over daily challenge daily challenges even at all like when they they are huge portions of it where they can throw them to this extent on a girl's day it's just fucking annoying like it's just stupid shades of gauntlet 3 ct you know trying to trim the fat get rid of girls (laughs) that he he deems weaker that was a big storyline on that season he comes back a little bit see ct's done that so many times on team challenges he was always kind of a part of that the boys click that was trying to get rid of the girls was trying to get rid of the Tina's and all of those people off his team. And so, you know, it's no surprise that he's trying to do that here, but why didn't he follow through? And on top of that, CT is the fat this season that needs to be trimmed. You know what I mean? Oh my God. We didn't even talk about, we didn't even talk about Jordan calling CT out to his face after that, sitting in the boat, like CT, you're 270 pounds, man. You're out of shape. You're not doing it. Like that was the line that he said, you're not training. You're just losing weight. Ooh, my god that was just like a knife right and what there did CT, what did ct say back to him he didn't I forget he didn't get up to uppity about it he was just like oh you know take the l i would say ct back down because everybody who hypes up the old ct the old ct would have gotten a little aggressive there yeah he's um, definitely not the old ct but that's I what i want i want the old that. ct the, I, we're getting the CT, kind of a new ct we're getting like CT a lazy CT. i know yeah lazy ct exactly yeah. the ct i know doesn't sit there and let jordan put them on blast like that, that you know, know what really it is something. it's like instead of punching fists he's he's punching lines right like yeah. the only thing and not coke i mean like verbal lines and well, the, d- the, depending well, on what you read on vev though t t t so no he's he's just going in there and stirring the pot with random little tidbits like he's not even involved in half the drama but he's involved in all of the drama because he inserts himself in every single thing and he he takes the initiative upon himself to make these moments explode right he took the initiative today to make the challenge look like he was really throwing it aggressively he had to sit there the entire time playing rock paper scissors he was the one who went and told d he's the one who sat down the tribunal and all voted for tory like he is cutting throats you guys uh as you know when we do these shows now i have pluto tv up i have the challenge channel on my tv oh yeah what's so going I on right now occasionally it's so funny invasion is on and it is the ct versus Durrell elimination not so fast legendary oh, and I, epic. I i i shit you not ct on invasion he looked a little big then he at least to us from what we remembered him as 
he looks like he's put on 35 to 40 pounds since invasion and that was 20... it's the dad weight yeah that uh, was have like you had 27... some dad weight yet zach no i'm in the best shape of my life i've got an Excellent. anti-dad bod i hit the gym on the reg guys come on oh, there, i'm so proud no... of you that's so good I know. thank you i CT, just started the no every other day diet guys i'll keep you guys posted on how that goes <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm getting ready for survivor you know like I, I'm, I'm not just i'm not yeah. going to be showing up to survivor out of shape guys like yeah, I'm but you be need ready to have to like go. extra you have to have extra meat on your bones for survivor because you're going to lose it in like three people, days people people take different approaches with that there, yeah. there's different philosophies on it you'd be like semi-hench no, but I'm starting the every other day diet. It's supposed to be really cool. It's been good so far. Basically, every other day is a 500 calorie fast day, which is actually really nice. And it's supposed to sort of reprogram your metabolism a bit and help with insulin levels. So for people who have PCOS and that kind of stuff, it's supposed to be really good for it. Damn. If you guys want to stay tuned, I'll keep you guys posted how it goes. I like that. He was his biggest on Dirty 30, says Jack, about CT. I don't remember. I don't know. Was I think this is... I think. 30? I think, yeah, he was, but I think this is the biggest he's ever been. I think he's progressively gotten bigger. Invasion to dirty. But I don't mind to... if a guy is. I don't mind if. I don't mind if he's big on the challenge. The fact that he's not in challenge shape, right? He fell yeah. off the rock wall in like five seconds. It's just, yeah. That was mad. So he can't even hold himself up for these things. But yeah, we'll I mean, see. Evan we'll on, see. on on rivals, Evelyn, you know, made several references to Evan being fat and out of shape and saying that he looked like a beached whale in the elimination. Oh, yeah. uh, he looks he, he looks like Adonis compared to CT right now. Wow, Evan in that elimination, he actually did look like a beached whale. <laughs> looked like a beached whale. CT's <laughs> looking like a beached whale himself, and Jordan called his ass on it. So, but that the thing was is, it's, you never know what the final is going to be at the end of the day. So we don't we don't actually know. It could it could favor every single one of CT's strengths, and all of his yeah. weaknesses won't even matter. You know, it could favor every single one of the the anti swimmers. You know, or it could be a very swimming heavy challenge. You just never know I what the final it. is going to be I like. I hope it's swimming heavy. I hope it's heavy. I hope. I hope it's swimming heavy, and I hope Kara and Ninja are like trying to doggy paddle <laughs> two two miles through a lake. Oh would God. be incredible. You just give the car stand so much content. And, like they could come Zach, here and live. Yeah, they can. And and I hope that Zach is turning around yelling at them. I hope he's there with them. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I hope so he can survive. Yeah, that would That'd be, be awesome. Dream. Okay, so we get the elimination. It's hall brawl, but this is just a one hall hall brawl, not like those three halls that they had the last time. And the helmets that they're wearing are huge. I could not believe it was on their heads. It was like bigger than motorcycle helmets. They didn't even fit them right. And Tori versus Jenny. I mean, most people at this point thought that Jenny had it. Jenny looks really big, really strong. And she's getting a lot of criticism online. But, you know, she says something at the end of the elimination that we'll cover that I do think gives her a nice case for defense there. But essentially, it's two heats. Tori slams her right in the first one. I mean, just right fucking into her body. And she gets Jenny to go low. And usually going low in the hall brawl it works for someone. But Jenny was almost too low and, like, not actually yep. fighting Tori. She was just, like, sliding under her and then yeah, collapsing that, that's almost. Yeah, spot on. Yep. When you, know? when you get to the point in hall brawl where you're the person who's trying to hold on to the other person... Mm. And they're like inching past you. And they're you, running. You've, yeah, you've pretty much lost it by that point. Yeah. Um, and so she went so low on that first heat and she got knocked back a little bit and immediately had to try and hold Tori back from getting past her. But it wasn't like point, she intended, she didn't intend to go low. Tori just slammed her down. That's the craziest part. I think she kind of intended to go low, but in like a half-assed way. Exactly. I, like yeah. she she went like this. Audio people can't see my hands, but, but you know, she went sort of low, but then the way that Tori slammed her was almost like right here onto yep. her head that 
it ended up pushing her down even further. Yeah, and sense. Tori, and they were also way further on Jenny's side to Jenny's bell in that yeah. first heat. But Tori was so much faster and she had the momentum, like Zach was saying, and just sprinted and got her bell two tenths of a second. She fucking beat her. And this is where Tori gets the momentum. We see it. People are a bit shocked. And then round two comes around. And this was crazy. Tori runs over Jenny. Literally, physically runs her. over. Jenny ended up on her back. Ooh. It was cr- I've never seen a hall brawl like that where someone actually physically just ran over the other person. I don't think that's happened. No um, way. Like, Kara dominated Lacey in hall brawl, but she just kind of walked her back. Yeah, that um, wasn't a running over at all. Yeah, yeah. Je- Jenny literally got pancaked, and that was, it was not a good look. Um, Tori body slammed her, flattened her, and then walked on top like it was a fucking bridge. Yeah, That's she, what Tori did. she did the, the Allen Iverson step over to her. <laughs> it, it was, was crazy. crazy. Um, it was and, crazy. And, every, and yes, everybody was standing there just kind of mm. shocked about it. You know, they thought Jenny would put up a little more of a fight. Jenny, obviously... Um, and in her confession, like you said, she's a, you know she's a physical fitness person, but she's not used to that kind of stuff. She's not used to that kind of contact, and that's that's what we say about a lot of these people is they're they're professional trainers. Yeah, Jenny really doesn't like physical contact. You can tell she's kind of a nice person, both physically and mentally. Like she's nice in person as well, and she's also just nice. She wouldn't. She's not really one for fighting and those kind of things, and so. I don't know, you know, Jenny, if she had maybe some MMA training, she'd be able to come in and do uh, elimination like this. But this does not seem like her strength. She killed it in the last one against Nicole, where, you know, it was very muscle oriented and it was strength based and she didn't have to actually touch Nicole at all. But uh, this one was just not hers whatsoever. And Tori was ready for it. She was ready. Tori, um, she was the veteran in that situation. She, she's used to, to that kind of contact and, and mm. knew what to do in the situation. Yeah, a lot of people bringing up uh, Big Easy and Wes on Battle of the Seasons where Easy pretty much picked Wes up and just ran him back with him. But he that, didn't that run was, over Wes. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, th- this was like straight up. This, this was like NFL Sunday running back hits the defender, defender's on his ass. That That's what it looked like. Um, exactly. Interesting. Uh, Craig, that's pretty funny. Kayla, Kayla, Caleb, I believe was supposedly in the uh, in the lingerie football league. She um, was. Shut the fuck up. I think so. Somebody um, get some photos of that. That's so crazy. My point here is that as we have established, the two most popular eliminations on the challenge and in challenge history are Hall Brawl and X Battle, um, and we got both of them on this season in very very anticlimactic eliminations yeah, we got a tory jenny stomping in hall brawl and we got a week one idris who i hope we never see again over sean unremarkable x battle um oh she played youth football youth not football, football lingerie lingerie interesting football. all right i will mark that one down yeah we need um, to talk to kayla but, about that Yes, yeah, so these are two very notable eliminations, and MTV kind of wasted them this season. Mm. They, they, uh, you know, we don't know the way that they choose the eliminations. Sometimes it seems like production steps in. Other times it seems like they have it set that this is what we're going to do, so whoever's in it is going to do it. In this situation, they did not luck out with either of these. I and, wish they... Yeah. Uh, do, do they have a few eliminations on hand, and then they plan it based on who's going in? Because... 
they should do that more often. It, 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 yeah, it depends. I, I think we, we've seen several situations where production clearly stepped in and, and gave mm. a favorable look to the people that they wanted to, you know, to whatever storyline they wanted. Uh, in this case, they took their two most popular eliminations and they just kind of threw them out there at random times. Yeah. Um, really unimpressive showings for both limbs and uh you know i did you mention this the last time where they need new classic eliminations i'm sick of these as being i want to see returnees but cool returnees ones that we haven't seen before not the same played out we haven't seen not so fast since invasion the one i just watched since i love not so fast since laurel and camilla and ct and Darrell. we have not seen it since then you know which one I would love to see again? The Kahuta West elimination where it was yep. also the ropes and they had to climb in and out and over the little like things and the hoops or whatever. That was so cool because that's a pretty easy elimination to set up. I feel like all you need is a few bamboo things and yeah. just rope that goes through it. And it's such a fun one to watch. It takes so much strength and patience. Uh, um, I want to see, I want to watch Snapper again. It's a great elimination. I love it. that one? It's the blindfold one where they have the the um oh the, yeah the sticks, the sticks. And, yeah and, and it's whoever gets the first step. We haven't seen that since Champs versus uh, Pros season one. That's since right. Johnny and Wes. I vividly remember and, that one uh, with uh, CM Punk against Sean Merriman. With Knight and Preston. Yes, I loved watching them compete um, in that one. Who is who are they against? Robin Robin Derrick, I think. Or yeah. I can't remember exactly who. I feel like a couple yeah. people played that one that season. There, that was a good been, elimination. Yeah. I, I like that. It's kind of funky. It's one of those where it, it can kind of be left up to chance, but there's also skill. There's also, um, you know, there is a strategy involved. There are skills that you can use to benefit in that. Mm. All right, guys. So then we end off this elimination. Obviously, Tori wins. Jenny's, you know, going home, whatever. Everybody's giving her lots of love as she leaves and then we get next week's preview and this is where we see that there's going to be a swimming challenge and we also get a glimpse that it might be a purge so tj does some sort of little announcement after the challenge and he says something along the lines of whoever's last or the last pair or something is going home so i'm excited to see what that is hopefully it's not any of our faves going Can home think of a couple non-swimmers think that are in trouble I could think of if it's a straightforward swimming challenge, we can kind of guess who's going home. But if it's not, it could be some sort of obstacle course water type thing, whatever it is. I'm we'll ready see. for it. I'm we'll ready see. for it. Um, all right. I think that's it, guys. If you have any more questions for us, if you want us to answer anything, you can drop that in there. If we don't get to it today, we can come back and answer those as well in the comments. If you're watching this back, feel free to comment as well. We will come back and see everything. And you can always message us on our Facebook page and our Instagram and our Twitter as well. We are fairly responsive in all the platforms. Uh, you can, of course, go to our website, saniacpodcast.com, for all of our content. We do have some written content coming out this week, uh, some baby announcement articles. We have a new person coming on and writing for us, too. So we'll get a lot of good stuff out there, and we're testing different things. And we do have some quizzes that I have to post from Hannah. So. We'll get lots of good stuff going this week. It should be a good one. I have a pretty mellow work week going on, so I'm excited for that. Last night was actually the first night in months that I didn't have a podcast to post before like midnight or something. Like I could actually go to, I could actually just go to bed stress free. That's a beautiful feeling. It was a beautiful feeling. All right, before we sign out as well, we want to just remind you guys that our sponsor, Stitcher Premium, is fantastic and offering you guys a free month on their monthly plan. So go to stitcher.com slash premium and use our code SANIAC for a month free. You guys will love it. We highly recommend it. And we will see you guys next week.
see you people. Goodbye.